Welcome to episode 420 of the Doctor Today, Doctor Who podcast. My name is David, and I'm here Hello. Today we're going to talk about episode one of Full Circle. <laughs> Sounds much more dramatic than it was. Yeah, that was good. Good try. The uh, the Doctor and Amana are inside the TARDIS, and the Doctor is uh, saying that uh, now that they've dropped off their human friend on Earth, the CPA-looking guy from uh, Megalos, um, that they're heading to Gallifrey, and he tells the can- the coordinates to K9, and uh, Romana is uh, very distressed, and very quiet about it, and she goes away, and the doctor follows her and knows she's upset, and she's in her room apparently. I don't think we've seen her living space in the we TARDIS really before. We have seen other rooms in the TARDIS for a while. No, it has been a while. Um, and she's moping in her room and, and he, he asks me to come in and and she pretty much says that you know she doesn't want to go back to Gallifrey because she's afraid she'll have to stay. And he says, well, they did send you here just to help with the key to time. And, you know, you can't fight the time wars. He says, well, you did. She says, yeah, it was a long time ago, and I lost, too. Look at, you know, things that have happened. But she says, after all this, I don't want to go back to Gallifrey. Um, as they're talking, uh, K-9 is uh, apparently trying to steer or control the TARDIS, and his uh, sensor is, is extended to the console, and he spouts out some readings, but... It, in the long shot, we see the TARDIS kind of spinning through space, and then there's a kind of a shuddering, shimmering kind of effect that happens, and they notice it inside, and we see the same thing happen uh, to the image of Ramon and the Doctor, and says, Doctor, what's happening? And uh, then it all straightens out, and they go back out to the console and talk to K-9, and he says, oh, he's regained control. Um... No, readings are normal. Um, everything is fine in the docks, so everything can be fine. I mean, look at all that's happened, and there's no readings are normal. They have uh, materialized, Ramana notices, and so they look at the view screen and says, Oh, well, we've materialized, it looks like in the outlands outside the capital of Gallifrey. Um, so they go outside and she doesn't follow, and he, the doctor calls to her, and so she does finally join him. And says, "This isn't Gallifrey." They go back in. We see the outside is not the the barren, more desert, windswept area that we see in the view screen, but it's more of a um, lush uh, river area. Um, forested and we see that there are uh, local people that are some swimming in the river others are working at the riverbank collecting river fruits melons um, seem like they're doing other chores uh, washing there are some some boys in different colored uh, garb they come and creep through the um, some of the settlement buildings 
and head over and try to steal some of the fruit that's been piled up. Um, they are caught and a chase is made, but they end up uh, running away and escaping. The, uh, the would-be thieves uh, watch from the bushes as the two of the officials have come down to the riverbank. Um, they name them, but I kind of didn't catch both of their names. One of them was Cider Drake, um, who's the elder, and then another. And they take one of the fruits, look like melons, and open it and are examining inside of it. He says, oh yes, just a trace has been found inside. Back in the TARDIS, the doctor says how the coordinates are for Gallifrey, but um, the outside is totally not. Um, and he says, well, they can't leave until this problem with the TARDIS is fixed. So the officials are um, talking more about what they found in the fruit and that they, this has happened once before, and the elder knows that, yes, it, it did help happen like this before, these eggs or these uh, growths inside the fruit. He's very um, he guarded about his knowledge, but spooked just the same. Um, and the younger one doesn't really have the full information he can tell. In this cave of thieves, uh, they have assembled and there's uh, another young man there in yellow wear, um, tunic and, and trousers. And it turns out he is the brother of one of the thieves um, who are outlers. I think they call themselves, and uh, the brother is called Adric, and he wants to be an outlaw like his brother. Um, then he says, well, no, but you need to be in the Starliner, um, and you need, and I, we've broken family ties, and you're, you're, because you're an elite now, and the other thieves are, um, saying, well, he could never be one of us anyway, because, you know. He has a star and a star on his, his pin on his tunic. He says, well, that's from mathematic achievement. And he says something about, well, you think you're better than us. Well, well I am better than you. I am I'm an elite. So. But he wants to be like them. Back, uh, they're scientific. They're studying the, the melon or the fruit under a microscope. And they see... Uh, some life forms moving around. They uh, look it up and they say that it's some type of inconclusive life form, um, a kind of infectious spider, and it is a kind that had come once before. Adric and um, has uh, they've kind of goaded him that. Okay, if you're not so special, then you could, you know, prove yourself and go steal some of the fruit because that we weren't able to get. So they've gotten him to go and try to steal fruit to prove himself to his brother. So Adric swims through the river and up to the, the bank. And uh, as he comes out of the water, we see in the surrounding areas the marsh um, it's getting foggy and misty and then the water is bubbling and boiling and this draws a crowd of onlookers, uh, workers at the river bank. And the two that were swimming in the river are overtaken by this bubbling water and so they rush in and they get them out and they're helped out. 
one of the, the older official who we learn is Cider Dre, uh, announces the coming of Mistfall. And there's no cause for alarm, just follow the procedures and head out. And all these people who are mostly all dressed in their yellow garb um, head out. There's, they disperse and they head towards a ship. I believe it's the Starliner, I think. So, um, Adric then takes this opportunity to go forward to try to steal the fruit. Um, the uh, cider, Drake. Decider. Decider, sorry. Decider sees him and calls out to him, and then he chases Adric away. The uh, watching thieves uh, say they'll split up and meet back at the cave as Adric and Decider um, are running through the forest. Adric falls, and um, Draith tries to help him up, but and says, you need to go back to the Starliner, and he says, no, and he, he pushes him away, and Decider fa falls down into the marsh. The people are heading to the ship. There's a man there, Logan, who's looking for his daughter. It turns out his daughter is an outler, um, and he says, but, you know, she's out there, and she's vulnerable, and she's, you know, all by herself. And I said, well, we can't change the rules just for for you, and what about for the officials? Like, um, Decider Drake has um, ties to the outlers, or has knows people in there, too, and we, we can't let them in. Uh, so he's looking, looking for his daughter. Um, they can't change the rules and, and leave the doors open and get her to come inside. Um, Adric uh, helps uh, Decider Draith, who's, uh, uh, like I said, a fallen. Um, but the marsh and the mud just like pulls him in and sucks him into the water, and as he as he is taken under, he says to tell them that we've come full circle. Um, deck on board the ship. Um, they, the other officials are waiting for Decider Draith to come. Um, Adric runs through the woods to uh, get away and he sees the blue box in the, in the forest. Uh, working inside the doctor and Romana uh, doctor is pounding something under the console, and Romana says, well, "What's that? Like the noise?" Says, "Well, of course there's a noise because I'm banging on the console." But then we hear it's actually knocking, and they turn around, and Edric has uh, made his way into the TARDIS, and then he quickly collapses from his injury. The Outlers are back at their cave, and they're. Um, I think the older brother is trying to not be worried about his younger brother, Adric. The other says, oh, they, they doubt that this misfall is, is just myth and legend. It's not a danger to us. Adric comes to um, and tells Ramana and the doctor that oh, they, they must warn his brother that um, misfall, misfall is coming. I have to warn him. He doesn't believe it's true, but we have to warn him. In the ship, they say that they have to seal the doors. It's been time enough. Um, everyone's had the same amount of time to get to the ship, and they have to seal the door. Uh, two of the outlers um, 
race in and fall into the onto the floor. Uh, Logan tries to ask him if they've seen his daughter. I forget what he calls her, Kira. Something yeah, like that. I think so. But they haven't, and so he's still missing his daughter. Um, the doctor and Romana are talking about um, where they are and the readings and such. When Adric comes out and asks about this this blue box they saw in the forest, and it was tall, it was kind of old looking, and the doors uh, opened inward, and he came inside. And the doctor says, "Well, uh, he first doesn't tell him, and then when Adric answers, he says more like, uh, he's well, that's the blue box has a TARDIS near inside of it.' And said, so, 'Well, how's your interspatial geometry? Let's go.'" And goes busies off uh, looking at things. Um, he tells Romana how the readings on the TARDIS are negative coordinates, and she says, "Oh, well, those it can't be negative coordinates. That those can't exist in real space." So he goes, "Oh, they might be outside of real space." The doctor um, and canine has have gone outside and canine it analyzes the mist that's creeping around and says it is basically non-toxic Romana uh, asked Adric who's uh, come about and um, <clears throat> uh, is ready wanting to head outside and she says what about your knee he says oh it's all healed and he she goes Adric and he says she takes off a bandage and he is his whatever injury he had on his knee is gone. Um, she goes to leave and she says, well, you better take this and gives him this little green ball that has kind of a flashy glow to it. And he says, oh, it must be some kind of a homing device. He says, yes, it's a, uh, well, help you find your way back to the TARDIS, she tells him. So as the doctor and canine are uh, examining the mist, getting ready to leave, so look and there are creatures rising from the mud and the mist of the marsh that look fairly humanoid and they're just creepily standing up from the mud and we end so we're back after a week mm. took a week off yeah it's summertime you know After we get to uh, back to having Adric join our story, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm I'm sure he had a following. I don't know how big sure it was. I I'm just it, not my and favorite. I find him tolerable, but only barely. Yeah. I don't remember him being like he is in this. However, maybe, maybe a little. He. I guess he always wanted to prove himself in one way or another. Yeah. Well, I guess that shows that well, he has his mathematical excellence or mathematic achievement badge that he wears proudly. Yeah. So maybe he has that, that drive to prove himself intellectually and also it follows into other parts of his life to whatever challenge he's facing. So I guess it's an admirable character trait. I don't remember him being as daring as he is in this one. Oh. Trying to steal the fruit, for example. Mm. Uh, 
seems well, to be kind of a almost a peer pressure thing. Right. Everybody wants to fit in with the group, and which is maybe not so admirable a character trait, but um, or nearly breaking the arm of the girl. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't seem to do that. He's not the action hero tort. No. The rest of the time. Yeah. I don't remember so much about him. I just said, I just kind of a vague. Didn't really care for him. But I'll try to keep an open mind. As yeah, I'm going to try next. to keep an open mind too because it was decades ago that I saw him yeah. in these. So yeah. I'm curious if my opinion of him changes. Right. I think it was kind of. Uh, we had a real long segment of. The life on the planet where they've landed, which turns out to be Alzarius. Mm-hmm. Um, and very little of the Time Lord interference at this point. They aren't part of the story for two-thirds of the episode. No, until, really until Adric walks in right. to the TARDIS. Do, is there some connection between the locals and the, the Doctor and Romana? Um but before that, the only contact with the planet was when the doctor goes outside thinking it's Gallifrey and say, oh, no, it's not. Oh, you made this big mistake. And then they come in and they're concerned with the fact that the readings say that it's Gallifrey and no, it's not Gallifrey. Right. And then we get the further later on, almost right at the end, get the extra interest that the coordinates are actually negative, which and the fact that they might be outside of the space that they normal know, space, normal yeah. space. So where could that be? You know, which is kind of interesting. It's an interesting idea. Yeah. Um, I think it was funny when we were starting the episode and um, saying, oh, well, when they, if they're heading back to Gallifrey, I wonder if we'll see Leela. And uh, he says to, he says, oh, well, it might be get, good to get back to Gallifrey. And I'm curious to see how Leela and Andred are. And he says to K-9, oh, you can, you can meet your twin. Because she, the first K-9 was uh, left with him, left with Leela. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was interesting. I thought. Um, and speaking of uh, other characters, um, I noticed in the info track that a couple things that one of the uh, Alzarians uh, who one of the two that that give chase to the thieves at the start Mm -hmm. they say uh, comes back as the as the watcher which we'll see uh, in several episodes from now uh, near the end of Tom Baker's run and uh, also, one of the officials, I think they said Gallig was his name, a white-haired older gentleman, uh, they're talking about when the doors close and a decider Drake has not come, it's like, well, we'll need a new first decider, and well, maybe that should be you, and then we'll need a third, and so maybe that'd be you, and they're planning their political careers now. Uh, one of them has been this is his third role in Doctor Who he was a commander or a captain in Moonbase which I didn't remember I'd have to see him uh, to know that Um, we haven't seen Moonbase 
Mobius? I thought we did. That's the first one with uh, Zoe. That's a lost one. Oh. What I was thinking of. Oh, no, I take that back. I'm thinking of Wheel in Space. Okay. I'm sorry. Continue. That's oh, all right. Ignore me. Okay. Uh, I know Moonbase was a Cyberman one, and I think Moonbase was one that we had two audios in the, the thing and two video. So maybe that's why I'm not remembering him in, no, in right. that. Um, and then the, the, other than this appearance, he was the um, one of the rich um, people who were from the shipwreck in the horror of Fanglock. Mm. Skin Sail or something like that, his name was. The one who was uh, trying to, not the one who was trying to sell his investments, but the one who... Um, was interested in investing in the guy. I'll have to get so. another look at him. I didn't catch that he was at all familiar. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny to see the ones that have been in the bit parts so many times. They're the ones that we know very well from bigger parts um, and repeat. Repeat offenders. Mm -hmm. <laughs> repeat characters. Because it's one of a lesser known one, but it's still interesting that he's been three times um, so far in the run in the series and with uh, at least two different doctors but two apart I mean second doctor and fourth doctor that's kind of interesting um, anything else you've thought of the story so far or anything uh, we had a long segment where Adric is sneaking up on the encampment or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. To try to steal the fruit. I felt like it went on a lot longer than was really absolutely necessary. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm, I'm outside of, I guess, killing time. I'm not sure what purpose was served by spending that much time watching Adric. Yeah, it was really more than we needed. It was kind of clear what he was, what he is setting out to do, and then we see that they're in the bushes watching him, and so they've come to, you know, to make sure that he's doing, you know, mm -hmm. come to watch him steal together. Um, yeah, it's really difficult, and I know that they would sometimes want to do this to to give some, mix it up a little bit. But to, to have the Doctor and Romana not immediately involved when they land somewhere. But they really run the risk of having you not be very interested mm -hmm. in the people. Or the story. Or the story of the people. And the, um, I think it, uh, it suffers a little bit from that. Mm-hmm. But now they're drawn together, and so there's a little more interest. Um, and especially interest in where the, where the TARDIS really is and what could be going on. And there's this weird, creepy mist coming up, you know. So I, I have hopes they can get better, story get better. What did you think of... Um, Ramona. And her anxiety. Her pouting 
It seemed yeah. very unlike her to me. Yeah. I could see that. She's always been a much stronger character than that. Yeah. It seems to me. And it seems that... Well, she does say to the doctor, that, well, you fought the Time Lords. You know, you mm -hmm. broke away. It would just seem like to me that she would have learned that from him enough that if, and she has an, enough spunk about her, I think now from her travels that if they were to try to make her stay, that she wouldn't go for it. Right. Um, that she would just uh, find a way. She's, and the doctor would probably help. Yeah, and the doctor would probably help, yeah. Um, so I guess it seems like she's worried for a reason that we don't feel like she should really have. Yeah, it's one that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Given what we know. Given what she should know. Right. It just seems weird. Yeah. And then um, she seemed a little more enlivened by the fact that, you know, trying to figure out what's wrong with the TARDIS and where they are and what type of space they're in, mm -hmm. maybe. Um, she seems to have, uh, seems very uh, casual with Adric. Like, oh, somebody just barged into the TARDIS and. Yeah, that was kind of a weird scene, too. Kind of hurt, but so they take care of him, which isn't isn't surprising but that um oh here here's a homing beacon to help you find your way back okay he just you don't really even know anything other than his name at this point but it seems and she's so motherly like adric are you fibbing about your knee being healed you know don't don't lie to me about that kind of tone in her voice and um checking on him I don't know. I think it's reasonably safe to say that time lords appear to be able to tell the inner nature of a person reasonably accurately. The doctor always yeah. knows who the bad guys are. Yeah. And I think he said before something to the effect like, I have a sense about people. Exactly. Or something like that, you know. I'm it's... sure they mean it lightheartedly, but yeah. I honestly believe that you could make a case for the fact that they know if someone's yeah. worth trusting or not. Maybe it's that second heart. <laughs> yeah. Gives them an extra sense. Yeah. Of good or trustworthiness or, or non-trustworthiness. Right. Could be. Um, I think that in a way they also probably give off a sense too that to others who are non-trustworthy that to mm. make them so disliked automatically. Maybe. Not just that he's there and always interfering, but they know he's interfering for good against them. Really, or, or at least you know? they know that he knows. Yeah, and maybe and they could tell. Yeah, they they think he knows it kind of. That I'm, not that I'm no up good. to no good, yeah. Yeah. I must stop him <laughs> before he stops me, <laughs> kind of thing. 
again, maybe it's his second heart and gives off that. Yeah. Um, do we have any other thoughts? Or no, I don't think so. Get to our ending? I think we're good to move on to the ending. Okay. Creepy, like, swamp creatures, <laughs> or I know that they officially call them Marshmen. Yes. But that just makes me think of marshmallows. And that's that's not not what they're going for. No, yeah, not at all. Um, they are kind of creepy looking because it's it, you don't really see a face or head as much as um, just that they're man shaped, you know, head, mm-hmm. you know, arms, legs, and they're rising up out of the out of the riverbed. Um, so there's no distinction to them really yet. So they're all covered with mud and muck actually so you don't see anything and that's kind of creepy as they come up out of the mist so it's a really interesting image it's really uh, compelling it's like oh what's going to happen next there's no impending there's no direct danger but there's this kind of impending um, doom almost that you know what are these creatures and what are they going to do Maybe this uh, mistfall is, is, there really is something to this mistfall thing, you know. I think that's where the real mystery is right now, anyway. Yeah. We need an explanation of what mistfall is. Yeah. They seem to have, have made it out to be this... Uh, quasi-mystical. Quasi-mystical time that happened uh, on in memory of the the older people have memory of it happening mm-hmm. before but the younger middle aged younger people it, it was before their time so they don't have this memory of this this happening and that um, the mists were dangerous or poisonous nobody could survive out in that um, compared to the fact that canine says it was well, not really toxic the mist is fine you know but so is it the mist or is it the marshmen that causes has this mist fall be such a danger? Not a lot of questions. It's a pretty good to way to to stop the story mm-hmm. and, and uh, make us want to continue next week. Yeah. I mean, when they showed it next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tomorrow for us. Well. Next time for us. Monday for us. Yeah, Monday. Up next week. Yeah, pretty good. Anything else? No, not a bad first episode. Uh, a little bit slow, but not bad. Not bad. And the beginning of a new era almost with Adric. Yeah. All right. Well, that's where we'll leave it till tomorrow or Monday when we talk about episode two of Full Circle. Can't believe they actually tried to use the title in the show. I know. In the episode. Anyway, join us then and thank you for listening. <laughs>